Welcome to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. I am Jesse Brown. And I am Doug Brown. And welcome to this episode, our 10th episode. This is our 10th episode. We we are actually ending this season. We yes. will be back, but this is our last episode of the season, taking a small Christmas break. And we thought of no better way to wrap up our first season of bringing back our first guest, Dr. Hey, Andrea yeah. Ganol. Welcome. Hey. Thank you. Great to be here. I we love being with you guys. We love being with you. Thank you. Like we said, this episode will be the last episode before we take a small Christmas break. And as we look back on everything that we've covered over the last 10 episodes, right? It's been 10 episodes. Ten episodes. Wow. Time flies when you're podcasting. I know it does. Um, but after, you know, through these 10 episodes, we've talked about the feelings that come up in infertility. We've talked about fear, anger, um, a lot of traumatization that happens through our stories of infertility. And as we're looking back on all of them, I, we, we kind of want to end this season on looking forward and thinking, what can we do as people who are going to go through lots of things in life and we're going to continue maybe in our infertility journey, continue to try to grow our families? What can we do? What hope for us is there in terms of what building something that will take us into the future? And that is the topic of today's podcast, which is how can we build resilience for this difficult season in our life? That's the question. Um, maybe we could just talk to you, Dr. Annie. What, is, what, what, what does it mean to build resilience? What, what does that word even mean? And, and therapeutically, is that something that we should strive for when we're going through something so difficult? Well, resilience is being able to handle stressful situations, to be able to respond in such a way that's not debilitating. To I, I think of resilience as something that we build upon. Hmm. That it's not something we just we we have and and that's it. It's something that we we build more and more and more resilience as we go through life. Typically, we develop resilience through difficult times. If hmm. we don't have any difficult, challenging situations, it's very hard to develop resilience um, because it's a response to it's a healthy response to stress. Um, and your second part was. Is that something that we can hope for during this season? If, if we're all struggling, <laughs> if many of us are struggling through this season and figuring out, um, I feel overwhelmed, I feel stressed out, do the, you know, those things are always going to affect us. The, the feelings of infertility are always going to affect us, but what can we do in response? Can, can resilience be that response that we build? Absolutely. I think resilience is uh, uh, it's something we should strive for no matter what the stress is, mm -hmm. not just infertility. Um, and I think that we really should strive to think about developing resilience throughout our lives. Really, we want to develop that in our children, right? We want to develop this ability to handle stressful situations. And so I think there's great hope as we go through anything challenging, in particular uh, infertility, that we can um, grow from that, that we can become stronger people by developing resilience. I think a big thing that we always say all the time is, we have a hope candle that we light every Tuesday night for the infertility community. And I think in infertility, you're just so focused on the hope is to get a family. The hope is to get the baby. The hope is to get what? And I think sometimes we forget that there's hope for yourself. Mm. And I think that's what resiliency is, is there's still hope for you, Absolutely. you know, because infertility can feel so hopeless mm -hmm. that there is hope for you in your life and you can make this easier. And I feel like that's what resilience is. 
I love that. And I love that you, what you're saying as far as hope for yourself, because I think no matter what the outcome is in your infertility journey, true, that there's always hope within ourselves, mm-hmm. that, that whether or not you have your children naturally or whether or not you ever have children, mm-hmm. um, there's always hope. Mm-hmm. And so to, I, I think what happens a lot of times when you're struggling with resilience is that you have to have the answer that you want. Mm. Yeah, especially when it comes to infertility. (laughs) Oh, like I can be resilient if. Right. (laughs) I'll deal with that when. Right. And so if we get stuck with that, then we're going to really suffer because and and again this could be a you could apply this to anything right that you you want so you want something so badly but you know especially a child Mm -hmm. and if if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to then life is just ruined and you have a hard time having hope for yourself what is the fear or what happens when you don't choose resilience let's take an infertility what can happen well i think a lot of things can happen one i think that we talked about on one of the podcasts about emotion, right? What emotions come, have you experienced a lot of, you know, depression, anxiety, um, shame, different things. I think that that can get to an extreme. If Mm. we don't have resilience, if we don't respond in such a way that we have hope, um, that depression can become greater. That anxiety can become greater and, and it can therefore affect our daily living. Hmm. And so um, that's why resilience is so important because mm. it really can affect us psychologically, emotionally, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a huge part. Help me understand. Help me understand everything. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, please. Um, Take us under your wind for every oh week. No, no I, I, I think if I'm thinking about my life and my development as a person, the idea of being resilient, to me, maybe I'm just putting words in in other people's mouths, but maybe this is just how I feel. I feel like there's a sense that when I was growing up or even as I was developing, the idea of resilience just felt like just being tough, you know? Mm, And I didn't have a lot of words or a lot of even ways of understanding our response to difficult situations. You know, if I was feeling overwhelmed, I just was overwhelmed. And there was, I understood the idea of like coping, you know, that made sense to Mm -hmm. me. And I understand that there were healthier ways or, or unhealthier ways to cope with something, but I didn't, I didn't realize that there was an actual, I guess, attribute or what do you, I don't even know what you want to call it. A tangible thing to do? Yeah. Or a word for something that I could build up to, to help myself go through stressful situations. It was kind of just like, these are the bad things that happen to you and they affect you in all mm-hmm. these different ways. And I didn't, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of like, oh, I can build up something within myself to go through the difficult journey. You know, it just kind of like, it just stuff hit me, you know? You know, I I don't, I'm trying to think, when did I learn what resilience actually was? Mm -hmm. And it it definitely wasn't in childhood. No, same. (laughs) I'm thinking just a couple of years ago, maybe. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. First of all, I don't think it was a word used a whole lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's part of it. And I think as a kid, and especially like adolescence, when you start thinking about how you respond to stressors, and you're more aware of stressors. Right. We think, I'm just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's resilience in my mind was just survive, get through this difficult mm-hmm. situation. And including when I went through infertility, it was very yeah. much get through this process, get through this process. It wasn't about developing and integrating strength and courage and hope mm-hmm. in my life. So, um, And I think why we do that or for me was if I do that, then I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to stop doing treatment. 
Like, is that true? Like, can you build resiliency at the same time as you're going through, you know, let's say an IUI or IVF or whatever? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. definitely think that. Yeah. I think that um, we, every time we have to go through something, whether it's deciding on what's the next procedure or deciding on, okay, is it time to stop? Is it time to move on to another, in another direction? Um, we are developing resilience. We're, mm-hmm. when, we're, when we start thinking about, okay, here's my situation. I don't like it. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. What path am I going to choose to take? That is when we really start developing resilience because now we're challenging ourselves. Am I going to go in the corner in a fetal position and say, this isn't fair, this isn't fair, um, and kind of respond that path? Or am I going to say, okay, this is the situation. This is my mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with it? And that you, you, know, you start kind of almost brainstorming with, okay, these are my choices. Am I going to connect to my community or am I going to separate from my community? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're building resilience, in a sense, daily by the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. Right. And wow. That's good. Those millions of little choices that we have to make are kind of being forced upon us by, you know, for us in our particular corner of what we talk about is infertility. Those infertility is making us make those decisions all the time. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I think, you know, I knew there's difficult things that happen in life. There's challenges that we have in life. But I always thought, you know, the goal is just to avoid all the challenges, avoid the bad parts. And only focus on the good parts, you know. And maybe that would be the best way to try to live your life would be, if I can just have more good times than I have bad times, this is great. But there are situations in life where the bad times are unavoidable, I think, right? And I, and I think that's where the idea of resilience for me fits in. We were, we were talking earlier and I was using this example of, uh, of a watch, right? That like, you know, you could, if you have a watch that's not waterproof, you avoid the water with your watch because if you go in the water, the watch breaks. But say you, you are in a, in a situation, maybe you're on a boat and the boat is sinking, well, that's a kind of a dire situation, but maybe, you know, you want to go you for a swim. Doug. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yes. Well, our boat is sinking. Um, but no, maybe you, maybe you want to go for a swim or something like that. And you're like, well, my watch, I can't go in the water. The, the goal wouldn't be to avoid water forever. The goal would be to get a more waterproof watch so that you can go through these difficult situations, go through the water, so to speak. To me, that's what resilience is it's you know for us we wanted to grow our family and it was like okay that means we're going to go and do these fertility treatments it was like yeah but that i'm going to feel stressed out i'm going to feel overwhelmed and i'm going to feel anxious if i was living previously the way i was it would be like well then don't do it you know then don't don't do the fertility treatment that because too hard mm-hmm. yeah or you're like how miserable you're going to be bummed out what if it doesn't work mm-hmm. and it's like yeah yeah you're right i just won't do it but I think that the going the opposite direction is, well, maybe I can build more resiliency in my life based off my decisions, my community, how I respond to dif- right. difficulty so that going through this will still be hard, but I will have the skill set uh, to be able to, to let it not destroy me. Right. You know, we, we really want to seek out, go towards difficult situations. Mm. I think so often, right, it's very hard to go through anything painful. Right. Right. You don't want to do it. Right. And yet, those are oftentimes where we grow the most. Mm -hmm. And it's oftentimes where we experience the the greatest events because Mm -hmm. we're willing to kind of get out there and be challenged. So Mm -hmm. if we were afraid to do everything, 
and we just sat at home, mm-hmm. we're, we're not developing character. We're not developing yeah. excitement in our lives and we're not developing resilience. Right. So we, we don't want to avoid the hard, difficult things. So in a way, infertility is an opportunity to build resilience. Absolutely. I think you could look at it that way. It's, it, I think so much about it, our lives and our challenges is interpretation. How are we going to interpret mm. this event? And mm. we have choices how we're going to interpret it. And mm-hmm. so I, I think like some people, sometimes like people don't feel like they have a choice, especially when it comes to infertility. I think that's very true. Yeah. But we always have a choice. Yeah. And infertility, we have lots of choices to make. Some right. of them are much harder than others, for sure. Right. But if you think about it, we're making choices every day. And then specifically infertility, you know, you're choosing whether or not to go to the, this doctor. You're choosing whether or not to mm-hmm. do this procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of choices are being made. And so how do you do that? How do you, <laughs> you know, you're in an IVF cycle and you want to do it better and you can tell that you're, you know, showing signs of depression or anxiety or not sleeping or not eating or what have you. How do you in that moment say, I'm going to build some resi- some resiliency or whatever? How do you do that? I think one of the most important parts of developing resiliency is community. Mm. And I think every time I've spoken, yes, you have. <laughs> and we love you, it. <laughs> we talk about community. Yeah. Because we heal with through each other. Mm. We heal by expressing our feelings. We heal by talking to loved ones, people we care about that care about us and receiving compassion. That heals us when mm. we receive compassion mm-hmm. from someone else. Mm. So community to me is the number one thing that we <coughs> need it for so many reasons, but resiliency is one of them. Yeah. Talk about that. Talk about how the community aspect is what builds the resiliency. Cause you can't just, you can't just write, you just choose to be more resilient, right? You're not like bootstrap yourself and be like, now I'm resilient because right. I'm, I'm going to check that box. because I survived or I made it through or I toughed it out. That's not right. what it is, right? No, it I'm is. I'm glad you mentioned that because I definitely do not want to make it sound like it's like, Oh, pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Yeah. And just move on. That right. is so not what I'm saying. Right. Is it, is it the, is it the response to the pain that we, let me, how do I ever say that? If we go through something difficult and we, turn to our community and our community meets our needs, whether that be our, you know, our partner, our spouse, our friends, our mom, whoever it would be, those close people in our life meet our needs and meet us where we're at. Is it the, that connection that helps build the resiliency or is it just the fact that we're reaching out? You know, like, can you get beat up by infertility and never reach out and isolate yourself? I don't think that would lead you to a resiliency. Is it the response to the pain? I think it's a combination because the reality okay. is we can reach out to mm-hmm. community and be burned yes. or hurt, right. which right. happens a lot. Yeah. And I think even still build resiliency even with that because mm. we've taken, we, we're, we're being courageous mm-hmm. by reaching out and then learning from that, learning mm. from, okay, that's not a safe person or, hmm, that didn't make me feel better. This is what I think I need. And then asking for that. Mm. So um, I think... A huge part is just the courage to reach out to community. Right, right. I do think that the response is huge too. Mm-hmm. Ideally, mm-hmm. you're going to have somebody who you reach out to that's compassionate and empathic and um, has some words of wisdom for you or words of wisdom may or may not be what you want. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's true. You know, words of yeah. just encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's another part of developing resiliency. I think... Mm-hmm. Two, if you think about anything you've been through that's been difficult in your childhood or adulthood, yeah, um, and you think, 
how has that made me a better person? Mm. Hmm. Most of us can come up with, hmm, you know what? Growing up in that situation was super painful and not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. But I've become a compassionate person because of that. Hmm. Or I've become a stronger person because of that. Or I've made these choices in my life because of what I've been through. And those have been great things that have happened in my life. Hmm. So to be able to kind of that looking at through a certain lens, mm. that difficult situation, I'm choosing to think of it as far as what good has come out of it. It doesn't mean you discount your feelings and right. the, the grief or right. the, the trauma right. of that, but but pulling out the good in that is mm. one way of developing resilience. Um, hmm. That's so good. If you think about you know something that you've been through, not just what good came out of it, but um, the reality is all of our life experiences have created who we are today. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, and so as a psychologist, I'm a psychologist. I chose this profession because of my childhood, because of some of the experiences I went through. I know influenced me going into this field. I love my field, Mm. right? But if had I not had some of those traumatic experiences, I probably wouldn't be in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I've kind of understood myself better Mm -hmm. is being able to look. Uniquely Needed was born out of that idea. Exactly. Dang, right. put that together. There's oh. something that you said. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, I now understand, yes. And he also has an Instagram called Anxiety Breakers, and it's so good. And the thing that you've talked about this morning, I thought was interesting. You that read you it have said, <laughs> I did. I'm such a good fan. We're fan. huge fans. Fan. We're huge fans. You said, and you've said this before, but the way you said it on your Instagram was really powerful of like the thought that you have anxiety. The thought that you have when you're anxious is probably not true. I maybe have been butchering that, but <laughs> but let me rephrase. But uh, <laughs> let you rephrase. But also, I, you've said it in a in a different way before, where you said when you invite community in in another voice, then it's not just your voice right. in your head. That's and when you are feeling feelings of anxiety and depression, it's probably not thoughts right. that are good. Right. So Can we you expand are on that? thoughts create our feelings. That's, Hold, please. That's the cognitive behavior theory. Our thoughts theory. create our feelings. So mm-hmm. if we change the way we think, we change the way we feel. So anxious <laughs> thoughts, we're anxious. I'm an anxiety specialist, so just yeah. that's where I'm coming from in this, this scenario. Mm-hmm. There's three reasons why we feel anxious. We are in real danger. Hmm. We have to solve a problem or we have distorted thinking, mm-hmm. inaccurate thinking. Because there shouldn't be any other reasons why we're anxious. If we're not in real danger or we don't have to solve a problem, then there's really no reason. Yeah, anxiety is a response to real danger. Yeah, Correct. That's a healthy healthy anxiety, responding to danger. So if we think about any, and that that you could apply that to depression, you could apply that to anger, you could apply that to a lot of different things. Mm. Um, So we have to take a look at... How am I interpreting, how am I thinking about this event or this situation? Hmm. And that's going to impact on our emotional response. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also awesome if you're thinking about that anxious thought maybe not being true, allowing that community piece to come correct. in and maybe correct that. And I think that's a good exercise. This is what I'm actually thinking and my my worst case scenario or a thought that I have in my head and then someone could be like, oh, and come alongside you and maybe help you right. think differently. That's why we need each other. That's exactly. why we need community. And Absolutely. I think that's why it's so important. And I think we can get so caught up in believing everything we think is true. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time it isn't. Right. And so we need other people to speak into our lives. 
right. so that we have a different perspective. Right. Because like, some of us would say, I don't, uh, what's the point of life if I can't have a child? Right. Right. And so you need other people to speak into you. There's a lot of reasons for you yeah. to have a wonderful life. There's always hope for you. Yeah. Right. Always hope. Yeah. My question for you is this, Annie. Um, I think people might be still confused. I might still be confused. Is resilience toughing it out? Is the, is going back to that idea. If I say, well, I've gone through all these difficult things and I've just pulled my way through it and I did it in my own way, whatever that looks like. I didn't see anyone. I didn't talk to anyone. I just, you know, went out in the backyard and smoked a pack <laughs> of cigarettes, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Doug, don't tell them. And you, <laughs> and you think that that is res like I've built my resilience because I've been through it. Like I actually just made it through. Is that resilience or is, is resilience a different skill? It makes me think about someone maybe who's come home from war or something like that. Right. Are they resilient just because they've come back, you know, Excellent. are they okay. resilient because they're, they made it or is it, or is it, is resilience a different skill? Cause I think that's, that's at the crux of what we're trying to say here is that diving into your feelings and infertility is a skill that you have to develop. And by doing that, you actually develop an ability to go through such a difficult mm -hmm. time like infertility and all the other difficulty things we're gonna go through in life. Mm -hmm. By diving into it, you actually learn something instead of just making it through. Yeah, I think the difference, the main thing that I think of about, you know, just kind of toughing it out mm -hmm. is you're not acknowledging your feelings. You're not mm. acknowledging the pain and suffering. It's more, um, you know, I think about really maybe the next generation, two generations up. That's mm -hmm. very much my grandfather, right? That is like, yeah. yeah, you know, what are you talking about feelings? And yeah, you're fine. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We sometimes so, think like, oh, the, those generations that came before us were so tough, but it's they just, right. But emotionally, they just clo they they closed suffering. it off. Yeah. They closed it right. off. Yeah. So just toughing it out is not what we're talking about at all. Roughing, toughing it out is really more, um, Hey, I got through it and that's mm -hmm. it. And you know, you, yeah. you oftentimes see people like that who are, you know, have issues with addiction because they've mm -hmm. toughed it out and they really haven't dealt with the actual right. issue. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So coming home from war, which is a great example, there's mm -hmm. a lot of people coming home from war that are really, really suffering yeah. that they, they haven't toughened it out. They are going through hell and back. Right. And so developing resilience for them would be talking about their trauma, processing their trauma, um, getting support, right. a lot mm -hmm. of support. Like they survived, but they're not thriving. Correct. And isn't that our worry too with infertility is that, yeah, Jesse, I mean, even as we started this podcast, as we started uniquely knitted, it's that, it's that people wouldn't just make it through infertility and then be like, I made it through, but then not, you know, not live as this thriving life. We want something more for them. Yeah. We do. And I think for me, I was in that just get through it. Just get through yeah. it. Yeah. I'm a very tough person. I can handle a lot. I can handle a lot on my plate. And it was like, oh, I'm not handling this well. And mm -hmm. oh, my thoughts are really dark. And, you know, so I think that when there's an opportunity for that, especially when it comes to infertility, that there could be a different way. Mm -hmm. And it quote unquote could be easier in a way to get through it. I am like, want to shot it from the rooftops. I'm yeah. like, Drink the Kool-Aid, people. Like, come on. You know what I mean? So yeah. because there there can be an easier way is building up resilience. And I'm learning so much just by 
you know, talking to you and talking to other therapists of like what it truly means to be resilient. Because I think in the beginning of this, I would have thought different. I would have just thought, just talk about it. Yeah. Just talk about it. Because that's what I did is anyone that would listen, I would just share. And mm-hmm. there was sometimes where that went well and sometimes that didn't go well, you know, but, but I had a really awesome community that was with me, but I would have just said that. And I think there's so many different things with resiliency too, of, you know, not just even like building community, but then also, you know, knowing your story and knowing what's happening to you and sitting mm-hmm. in your reality of the cards that you got dealt is, oh, I'm on my second miscarriage. Like, and really thinking about that and feeling those feelings mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. I think what you said about surviving is toughing it out. Mm-hmm. Thriving is resilience. Yeah. That's that's the difference. Somebody put that on a t-shirt. I know. I'll I was going to say hat. Like <laughs> a, yeah. a mug. Wait, let's, let's say it again. What was that you said? Surviving, like surviving, surviving is toughing is it out. Toughing it out. Res, uh, thriving is resilience. Yeah. Mm, I so just good. made that up. <laughs> I love that. Quote and, Annie Ganahl. But that's the goal though, right? Is but to go from... to thrive. Yeah, the goal is and like, I, I survived infertility. It's right. Like, well, I don't, that's not... And I really want to emphasize... If you had stayed stuck in that, mm-hmm. it would be affecting you today. Even though, so you have an adopted child, you have a foster child, mm-hmm. you would be suffering today had you not chosen to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the reality is that when we go through something super stressful and we don't process and we don't get some healing and some acknowledgement, ownership, mm-hmm. we don't not only own that it's our reality, but own that this is my life and I'm going to choose how I'm going to what path I'm going to take, that stress, that trauma is going to affect you until you process it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just go away. Yes, 100%. And so it's so important. I mean, if I could emphasize anything to mm-hmm. your audience, our audience would be that we have to work through our, our difficult situations. Otherwise, they're going to continue to nip at us emotionally and psychologically. Mm-hmm. For the rest of our lives. Yes. This happened with my son. I went into adoption thinking I'm not in it to solve my infertility. I'm not. I'm mm. better than that. And I completely did. And I realized three months of him living with us that I was still angry, that I still had a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh, you didn't solve that. The whole experience that I went through getting you in my life didn't fix that. Yeah. And that was a big moment for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Doug, I think I still, I think I have to go back and think about my infertility and grieve it and feel all the big, yeah. big, big feelings. And I think sometimes people feel like, feel the feelings just mean crying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I cry a lot. And you're like, okay, I think it's like a deeper step. Yeah, wow. it's, it's just, it's not just feeling the feelings, it's processing the feelings. Yes. And I want to encourage you too. I, I feel the same way for myself going through infertility and having two children naturally, that's the right term. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I still carried on the carried the trauma of infertility with me for a long time, mm-hmm. and so um, no matter what your outcome is in your infertility journey, you still have to go back and deal with how difficult this time in your life yeah. is, because it 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 changes who we are. Mm-hmm. All trauma changes who we are, and we can choose to ignore it and push it aside and avoid it, and it will change us. I think for the worse. Mm -hmm. Or we can move toward it Mm -hmm. and look at it head on and process it 
not just feel the feelings, but really dig into it mm-hmm. and, you know, journal about it, under, try to understand it. I was just going to say, what does that mean, like to subject. dig into it and the difference between digging into it and just crying about it all the time? Well, I will say this. Research shows crying actually really does help okay, us. Okay, good. good. So it actually I wasn't really, saying that was a bad thing. but no, I it actually some... is a release. Okay. So just know that yes. crying actually is a yeah. release. Yes. <laughs> um, digging into it. Okay. I would say that it is not just sharing it with, I say loved ones. Mm-hmm. And I say loved ones. It doesn't have to be a loved one, but it has to be someone who has compassion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Safe people. Right. Mm-hmm. Because what happens in our memories and in our s- events is that when we share our story with a compassionate listener and we receive compassion, mm-hmm. the compassion is attached to that memory. The, the, wow. The, the compassion is attached to that event. So therefore it changes the way we look at that event. Mm, that's wow. amazing. It's really yeah. powerful. Wow. Compassion is really powerful. So every time we share our story and receive empathy or compassion, mm-hmm. our story in some ways changes. Hmm. It doesn't take away that it was painful, but it adds a whole other dynamic to it, a healthy, good dynamic. Hmm. And so we begin to attach whatever it is, the miscarriage, let's say, with compassion. And if we do that enough, that pain of the, of the miscarriage lessens. Hmm. Yeah, the pain is, st- I like that, that it's still there. You're still, the impact is the same, but there's something else added right. to it. All there's right, compassion good. added to it. There's perspective added right. to it. Instead of it just being bare. Right. Yeah. So you've kind of put a warm blanket over it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it, it, it feels different. <laughs> um, that's amazing, first of all. Yeah, that's um, really good. And I think incredibly in, insightful that it, it makes me think about it like this. I have this like, bizarre analogy it makes me think of. Is that Really? You, Doug? Yeah, I know. I always see bizarre analogies. That's, may I, you should see the internal workings of my mind. <laughs> I can't it's I just a giant analogy. That's all it is. Uh, <laughs> um, it makes me think we have this backpack, and infertility puts all these, for me, like all these feelings in my backpack, all these moments and memories and traumatic experiences. And previously, I would think, resilience or emotional strength is like, I can wear this backpack Mm. forever. You know, that's how strong I am. And then all of a sudden there's 800 pounds on my back and I'm barely walking. But, but the idea is like, Oh, I'm strong. I got Mm -hmm. that. But that's not really resilience. The resilience would be, I have the skill to take things out of my backpack, right? To take it off of me. (laughs) And now I'm, I'm freed up. I've processed the things that are in my backpack. So you, you know? still have the backpack and you'll always have the backpack. Yeah, and there's always stuff in there. going to be the big heavy rocks. Yes. There's going to be some pebbles in there. Yeah, there's, yeah. You know, there's, um, but if we can, like you said, take out those, some of those bigger rocks, especially. Yeah. And now you wouldn't really process a rock. <laughs> <laughs> the analogy but, breaks down. Okay. Right, I understand. But even, <laughs> but even knowing your reality, looking at the rock, right? Yeah. Taking yeah. it out of the backpack and looking maybe at throwing the rock. it so that it can crack open to smaller pieces and then take each piece. Ooh, yeah. I want to say too, that it's not just sharing our stories yeah. that we build resilience. There's also, you know, I mean, I would encourage people, you can journal writing it mm. out gives, uses a different part of the brain besides just talk. Uh, you need to talk to people, Yeah. but writing it out uses a different part of the brain. Um, Setting boundaries is actually another way of building resilience, right? Mm. Because it, it gives us, there's a lot of things we get from setting boundaries, but one of which is a, a better sense of self, mm. that we don't need to take on other people's stuff, and nor do other people take on our stuff. Yeah. And so by having emotional boundaries can be a way to build resilience. 
when we take on and take on and take on other people's stuff, mm-hmm. right? We're we're going to get to, we're building rocks in yeah, our backpack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think or we're letting people add stuff, right? you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and I think again, another one would be the ownership is being able to say, okay, this is my life, mm-hmm. this is my situation. What am I going to do with it? Yeah, um, you know, we really do have paths to take, and 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 we have to sometimes make a very conscious effort to say, I'm not going to let this ruin me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do some healthy things, some self-care to get my needs met in order that I can take out another rock. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Well, we are just only scratching the surface of what yeah. it means and looks like to build resilience. But that's what the entirety of our next season after Christmas, starting in January, um, in the Infertility Feelings podcast will be about taking those feelings and building resilience so that we can make it through some of these difficult times that we go through. Mm-hmm. Love that. This season was pretty amazing though. I feel like we've learned, a, I've grown. Yeah, I've, I've, I've grown learned a so lot. much. We've had so many amazing guests. I know. Thank you to everyone yep. who's mm. been on our podcast, everyone who's listening to our podcast. It means so much to us that you would... Uh, join us on this journey. Yeah. We get giddy when we see the analytics and it's like how many downloads and stuff like yeah, that. It's, it's so just fun. so awesome that infertility is something that people want to learn about and grow. And we're just so honored that we could be guides in that way of helping you and talking about your feelings and talking about, you know, how hard infertility is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you'll hear lots more from Annie next season. We're taking just a small break for Christmas. Yeah. Um, we know that we wish we could keep going, but it makes sense for us to take a small break. But we'll be it's back boundaries. Early, it's boundaries. Early, early January. Boundaries. Yeah. <clears throat> early January, we will be back. We are so excited for our next season. We are um, just really, really, really grateful for every single person that has listened. And I'd like to say how grateful I am, and I know all of your viewers, how grateful they are for all you do, because you have provided so much encouragement, love, compassion, kindness. Thank so you. I appreciate you guys. I thank wish you. I'd been around when I was in fertility. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. And yes. thank you to all of our listeners. We will see you uh, really soon. In the beginning of January. We're excited. Merry Have Christmas. a very Merry Christmas. Uh, happy holidays. Whatever, However you're celebrating, whatever yep. way you can celebrate because of COVID, we hope everyone is staying safe, mm-hmm. healthy, uh, and we hope to see you soon. And you can always follow us on Instagram um, and check us out in all the different areas where we're talking. Yep. Happy holidays.